Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show, brought to you by Tractor Supply, where we give away more chicken coops and chicken-related prizes than anyone else on the planet. We are often imitated, but never duplicated. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Today is Monday, August 11th, and I would like to thank all of you for tuning in this afternoon on Blog Talk Radio. This is a live radio show that is broadcast around the world. This radio show is all about keeping backyard poultry, show poultry, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit my website, chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and sign up for the absolutely free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tractor Supply. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance-grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. Compared to other coops, Urban Coop Company coops will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you are passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit them online at urbancoopcompany.com. That's urbancoopcompany.com. When you need an incubator, think Brency, the incubation specialist. Brency has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. 
visit them online at Brincy.com. Brincy spelled B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brincy.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brincy. Technology you can trust. You've just entered a dimension of dirty water, a dimension of poop-filled water, a dimension of stagnant water. You've crossed into the dirty waterer zone. But up ahead is your signpost to cleaner water, the Bright Tap Chicken Waterer. The Bright Tap Waterer is fully covered. Chickens drink from special valves, so dirt and droppings can't get into the water. Chickens get sparkling clean water. You get less work. No poop-filled water pans for you to touch or wash out. Bright Tap, clean water made simple. Visit chickenwaterer.com to learn more. That's chickenwaterer.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. want to send a shout-out to all of our listeners, everybody that's listening live today. Thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day to come learn more about your backyard poultry. Uh, all the archive listeners, there's thousands of you. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in 24-7, seven days a week, you know, yep, 24-7, um, on iTunes.com, Podcast.com, Zoom.com, and the others that are out there. want to send a shout-out to the homeschoolers that tune in and incorporate the show with their daily curriculum. Thank you very much. School is in session. We hope you're having a good beginning of the year and all the -the over-the-road truck drivers we hear from. Keep it on the road. Get that freight delivered, and thank you for tuning in when you can uh, on on your, uh, I guess, iPhones and listening to iTunes and uh, downloading it and listening to it, so we appreciate that. And I'll be feeding seeds across the country to stream this radio show live. Um, to your listeners, we thank you. To your customers, thank you very much, and we hope business is booming. So we got a great show lined up for you today. We it's Monday. We've got Peter Brown, the Chicken Doctor. He's going to be here talking all about mosquito control and uh, mosquito control. And uh, a great topic. It is the season. We were outside, and uh, yesterday I was uh, doing some final things on the RV before we head off on our book tour. And let me tell you, the, of course, we're in South Georgia. So the gnats were incredibly 
annoying. But uh, the Skeeters are out too. And, uh, you know, uh, did you know a lot of cities around the country have their own little flock of um, um, chickens, and, and they keep them out, and they test their blood on a regular basis to look for a West Nile virus because the mosquitoes bite the chickens, and then the chickens get the West Nile, and then, and then they can check to see what population of their mosquitoes, I guess, have the, the West Nile virus in their area. Very interesting. So, um, yes, and down in Florida, Christmas chicks in Florida, I know that a lot of times you'll see the trucks going through the neighborhoods with the nozzle on the back, <laughs> spraying uh, the communities for uh, for skeeters. So, uh, but anyway, so mosquito control in and around the coop is today's topic with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor founder of First State Vet Supply. Uh, I just got off the horn with Tractor Supply. We're making one change to the tour. I didn't catch this. Just like last last year, uh, this is, I guess this year earlier event, we didn't catch that we had a an event on Mother's Day. But you know what? People brought their moms out to learn about backyard poultry. We had a very good crowd on Mother's Day. I can't remember which city we were in. But uh, we had a good crowd, even on Mother's Day when we had the event. So maybe this year, this 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 fall, if you will, uh, Labor Day, we'll have a good event while we're on the road. Uh, we're leaving a week from today. Yep, we will be leaving one week from today. We'll be heading up to Atlanta for uh, the Tuesday, um, August 19th national webinar with CDC and USDA. Uh, I'll be one of the hosts for that webinar. It is absolutely free. You can visit our website, excuse me, our Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash the chicken whisperer to see how you can register for it absolutely free after the show today. Maybe even during the show, I'll be posting uh, about how uh, space is limited and you need to get that done if you want to register. It's absolutely free to watch that webinar on your computer in the comfort of your own home. This is next Tuesday, the 19th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and we'll have that on Tuesday. And then Tuesday morning, we're heading out for Virginia and we'll have events all the way from Virginia all the way to Maine. Looking forward to it. But we did schedule one for uh, Labor Day, so they close at 6, apparently. And our event was going to be 6 to 8 at that particular tractor supply in uh, Farmington, Connecticut. But uh, we're just going to move it up and do a 4 to 6 instead of 6 to 8. So no worries there. Uh, so come on out and learn about chickens up there in Connecticut um, on Labor Day. But uh, some of the stops we've got, Mechanicsville, Virginia, Fredericksburg, Virginia, Westminster, Maryland, uh, York, Pennsylvania, Quakertown, Pennsylvania, New Milford, Connecticut, Farmington, Connecticut, um, Leominster, uh, Massachusetts, uh, Bennington, Vermont, Saratoga Springs, New York, Claremont, New Hampshire, uh, Sanford, Maine, Augusta, Maine, and Bangor, Maine. Hope there are a lot of, hopefully there are a lot of chicken lovers in Maine. We've got three stops in Maine. How about that? Um, but I bet there are. So we've got to love it. So that's where we'll be stopping. We'll be heading out in a week. Going to be on the road for at least six weeks. Uh, maybe a little longer. My anticipation was hoping to get back, <laughs> hoping to get back by uh, the 1st of October, our last events on the 14th. We're going to take a couple of weeks to meander on home and see some sights and do some fun things with the kids. Um, but I talked to the uh, television producer and uh, the show producer and um, told him I was going to be up in the New York area, New York, the Hamptons, you know, Swank area up there because uh, we want to do a sizzle. We want to pitch this show, the Chicken Whisperer show, to the um, to the networks. Can't really get into a lot of detail, but we're looking for some uh, star talent that keeps uh, chickens. And so since we're going to be up there in that nice area, we're looking for a star that keeps chickens. So we're looking forward to so they're, they're doing their legwork to see. So after my event on the 14th, I may be up there a little longer doing a sizzle 
regarding a, a Chicken Whisperer television show that then would be pitched to the network. So we'll see uh, how that works. Very, very interesting. So um, that's what we've got going on on the trip. So one more week to get everything tied down and, and hit the road. And we're hoping we'll be able to stop down through Maryland and see uh, um, uh, Dr. McCray. And uh, as well as Peter Brown, I think we've got the route, I think, set where I come down through Dover, and I'll see Dr. McRae then, and then we'll come straight down the peninsula, down to, uh, I call it Salisbury, but I know that's wrong, it's Salisbury, I think, even though it's spelled Salisbury, um, I think it's pronounced Salisbury. So, uh, and then from, and to see Peter, and then from there, I think we go even further south, and we take what I guess is called the bridge tunnel. When I was talking to Dr. McCray, I was like, bridge tunnel? What are you talking about? It's either a bridge or it's a tunnel. Either it goes above the water or below. That's what I've always called the bridge tunnel. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, 17 miles or something, and part of it is a bridge and part of it is a tunnel. And uh, so she calls it the bridge tunnel. So I think uh, if it's big enough for, for my big rig and my uh, RV, that's the way we'll get back over to the mainland and, uh, and head over to Williamsburg. So, in fact, let's go ahead and bring on, uh, give him a round of applause, and welcome him, Peter Brown, and we'll ask him about this bridge tunnel. <laughs> All righty, Peter, what's it called? Is it a bridge? Is it a tunnel? Is it called the bridge tunnel? What, what, and is it big enough to house and let me take it with my big truck and RV? <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll look like a pimple on a gnat's butt with yours on there, trust me. Okay, um, okay good. <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, it uh, uh, could be considered, and I'm sure there are other things around that are equally as, as, uh, as great maybe, but uh, potentially the eighth wonder of the world. Um, really? Yeah, it's approximately 17 miles long. Um, it's called the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. Okay. That's, that's what it's called. And you'll go out over a uh, causeway, uh, uh, not all that far above the water, <clears throat> and um, uh, they've got uh, two separate roadways now, except when you get to the tunnels. The tunnels are, are um, two-way traffic w within the tunnels. Uh, there's talk about building separate ones to, uh, to, to do that. But... Um, no, in actuality, uh, it accommodates all kinds of big trucks and cars and, and whatever. Uh, I don't remember. I haven't been down that way in a, in a bit. I don't remember uh, what the actual toll is, but you with that rig you got, you, you know, bring your pocketbook because it's going <clears> to <throat> probably cost you a fair amount. But it's worth the, to me, it's worth, it's worth the trip if you've never been over something like that. But you're going to go out over the water, and yeah. then you're going to come to a tunnel. You're going to go down under the water, then you can come back up and go out across the water again on the causeway some more, and then you're going to come to another tunnel, you're going to go back under the water again. And you're really technically not right at the very mouth of the Chesapeake Bay, but you are you know, pretty close. And um, you'll take that again out of that tunnel, come back up over the causeway, and eventually make your way onto dry land. So, um, and you'll see ships anchored right to your right and left uh, as you go across generally. Um, and uh, if you're lucky enough, you, you, you may see some, uh, because of the Hampton Roads uh, Naval Base and stuff that's, that's mm -hmm. right around the corner from that, uh, you may even see some uh, warships come out. It's uh, pretty neat when you can see a carrier or something like that or a destroyer yeah. or, or a uh, missile cruiser or something like that come out. <clears throat> uh, but even a cargo ship is pretty cool. And out in the middle, um, there is a restaurant on one of the, uh, uh, the tunnel islands there, so you can stop 
uh, and uh, <laughs> park your vehicle, go in, have lunch uh, and uh, whatever, and you can sit there and look out the windows and look out into the uh, Chesapeake Bay, watch the people fishing from the fishing pier, uh, that whole thing, and uh, get back out on the highway again and, and get going. So, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So my question is, um, well, if, if they're already building this long bridge, is it because they would rather have the ships go over the tunnel or because they didn't want to have to, a drawbridge or a bridge large enough for the boats to pass under? What was no, it because you, you would think uh, the tunnel would I'll, I'll, Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, it's real, real simple. It used to be a ferry. Uh, back in the day, uh, I was stationed uh, down that way. Um, I was in uh, Naval Air Station uh, my first assignment uh, after I got back out into the, from, from boot camp um, and schooling uh, was at the um, uh, Naval Air Station, Virginia Beach, Oceana, Virginia Beach. And um, so I'm very familiar, you know, with the, uh, the area there. And um, right at the time I was arriving, the ferry service had stopped and the, the uh, Bay Bridge Tunnel had opened. And because uh, other than that, there was no other way to get south from here. Um, I still call where I live here the place you can't get there from here because, you know, the, the, the way you have to. Yeah, I mean, in all, in all honesty, if you want to go to Tennessee from here, your best bet is to go back up through uh, uh, um, right on the outskirts of Washington, catch the Beltway south on 95 and go that way. It's, uh, it's actually quicker uh, because I've done it both ways. And, uh, um what looks good on the map and the GPS uh, isn't necessarily so. And, um, you know, you'll take every backwater washed-out road that, that there is uh, to get from from, uh, um, from certain places down there o- over. It's just, it's just there are no roads to, that really go out of here other than down that way. And then and you, you would, if you want to get to, um, uh, and you can look this up on, on your map uh, as you're mapping out your route. Once you get out of there, you're going to want to pick up eventually 58 and go across to Emporia, Virginia, and pick up 95 to go south. So if you look at it, you're 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 right on the ocean, really. When you come down, um, uh, if you come down 13 from where from where Bridget lives, up around Dover, uh, I live about uh, less than an hour south of where she is, and um, uh, right where I live, you are technically less than 20 miles from the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. And so you know, you're, you're technically, uh, on, when you're on 13, you're really hugging the coast. Um, but it's, it's a pretty ride down that way. A lot of you know, jerkwater towns as you go south of here and, uh, you know, uh, 55 mile down to 45 and that kind of stuff, 40 miles an hour, and then back out of town up to 55, and then, you know, eight more miles back down to, you know, 45. And, and uh, one thing I'll caution you about when you travel down this Route 13 down here, uh, right. when it's, when the sign says 45, they're not talking about 47. <laughs> you know, um, uh, when you come through the town of Greenwood, when I have to put up signs, that, you know, that, uh, that tell you that the speed limit starts here. <laughs> and so uh, it, it's, it's an interesting, it'll be a good ride for you, I think. I think kids will enjoy it. Um, uh, there, there are places to stop uh, along the way. Um, um, you know, to, to take a look at things, you can stop uh, after you get on the, uh, pay the toll and get on the uh, bridge, the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. Uh, there's, a, there's a pull-off there, a little parking lot, and you can get out. And if you've got binoculars, you can look out on the, on the bay. You can see the pelicans running around, all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's cool. I heard the riders roll nice coming down. And, uh, 
that we're looking forward to. But thanks for the tip regarding the, the speed traps and and the uh, and the toll. And Jim, Jim said we need to get some money to cash to keep uh, for for the toll because uh, we we just about every trip we run into that, and some of them are surprisingly expensive. And uh, and I'm like, you know, if you go for I don't know, it seems like two miles, and you're paying another one. And uh, when we were in um, coming into Houston, it was like that. And, and and same thing was going into Orlando off four from a seventy five, and so we <laughs> we pull up to the next one and be like, "Ma'am, you do realize we just paid like right there? <laughs> we just paid." In fact, I turn my head, I look out the window, and like like, like just right there, we 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 just paid. We got to pay here too. <laughs> yeah, well, when I when I you know I'm you know I'll go date myself for sure, but uh, back in the uh, in the um, um, middle to early to middle 60s and stuff when i was uh, stationed down there uh, it was not uncommon to get caught in a speed trap uh, uh, and have you take you to a uh, a judge who had a court in his house and and uh, find you right there and if you didn't have enough money take your spare tire <laughs> so i mean they, you know, all kinds of things have been done and uh um it, it, it hasn't changed a whole lot, other than they 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 knew how, now they have a court where you actually can go to. <laughs> uh, down here, the the uh, local police and everything else, uh, uh, state police, pretty rough down this way. They don't they don't uh, they don't fool around very much. Not a lot of leadway with those characters. Um, the county police here, where I'm at, uh, jackbooted thugs, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, I never understood why all these guys uh, riding around have to feel like they have to ride around in a jumpsuit and everything else, uh, just kind of, you know, shaved heads and, and black gloves on their hands. With their, uh, just give me a break, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And the police is the police have some military militarized exactly. I know it's funny, oh, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, you know, military. They all look like SWAT now. Gone are the days yep. of you know. I understand. I understand. Yep. And I, I, the black you know, cars and the black outfits and the gloves and the mirrored sunglasses and that, yeah, 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 intimidation, exactly, yeah. intimidation. Yeah, yeah. What what tickles me to death in this state here, um, you know, you you can't have totally blacked out windows, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they have a a um, I don't know, can't be more than twenty percent of the original. Uh, I don't know, they got some goofy formula they use. But, but these characters in their little SWAT vehicles can ride around. They're all blacked out. You can't hardly see them at all if you can. Uh, the, the windshield's almost the same. So what's the difference between them and you? You know, other than the fact that they they have a badge. And so what's the point if you can't see them? That's all things but Doesn't make them any stealthier. You know. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Badge doesn't give that person any more rights than I've got. Badge, no. A badge increases your rights to zero. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know here in Georgia, um, you can go to a class for, I think it's 16 weeks, wear a badge and a gun. It's all it takes, 16 weeks. <laughs> you're behind the cruiser with a badge. 16 weeks, I ain't kidding, to get post-certified. So, yep, and, uh, and then uh, you can, anyway, that's a whole other show. But uh, we're talking <laughs> about mosquitoes, and uh, today, mosquito control, a very timely topic. Yeah, we try to be timely here on the show with things that are pertinent, but... Um, a timely topic, especially around here, but uh, people are always concerned about that, and uh, so we're here to, to <laughs> Jen's right now saying, i got about 25 mosquito bites on my leg, it's just been going out for the last 15 minutes, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it's, 
and I'm itching my legs actually as we speak too. So, but um, so so yeah, we're here to learn from your expertise. We're ready to take some notes. I'll turn it over to you, my friend. Okay. Um, I, I brought this subject up again. Um, we've we've done it before, uh, but I wanted to uh, bring it back to the forefront because it it is uh, an important uh, vector or method for uh, diseases to spread. Um, you know, for poultry and um, and humans, uh, but um, it seems to me um, every time I turn around in some of the uh, um, literature that I read, uh, we're seeing more and more outbreaks of of uh, uh, human diseases um, uh, that are brought on by by mosquitoes, and um, they are a formidable foe, um, not to be taken uh, lightly. Um, for instance, the uh, World Health Organization uh, estimates that uh, there are one million people, at least one million people every year, uh, killed by diseases carried by mosquitoes, uh, predominantly malaria, but still in all, um, that's an awful lot of people. Uh, and you know, maybe it's nature's way of keeping the population in balance. I don't know. A lot of people have a lot of theories on a lot of different things. Um, but uh, they've been around since time began, um, and uh, they are a formidable foe. They have no purpose in life other than to reproduce uh, and keep their species going. Uh, they don't really contribute to uh, society uh, in any way, shape, or form other than to be a uh, confounding nuisance uh, and spread uh, disease from one place to another. Technically, a mosquito could care less about you as an individual. Uh, they are more interested in uh, piercing your skin and, and sucking your blood, and in the process of that, uh, will leave behind, uh, if they are carrying such a, a disease organism, that uh, could certainly uh, compromise your life and, in some cases, take your life. Um, so a lot of these uh, diseases, uh, some of them are not uh, fatal, uh, but uh, some of them are. Um, malaria left unchecked um, and misdiagnosed uh, certainly will, will, will kill a person. Um, the, a lot of the malaria drugs that have been out there over the years uh, no longer work or, or work uh, very poorly. Um, so I, I think it would be wise for people to take a, a, a step back and look at this uh, situation. Um, whether you believe in global warming, climate change, uh, whatever, um, I'm a believer in nothing stays the same, and you can call it what you want. Uh, I remember growing up, uh, we had snowstorms used to snow us in, um, that you, you'd have to dig your way out, take a week. And, um, you know, over the years, those snowstorms dissipated. You know, in lots of years, you were lucky if you got a dusting or an inch or two. And uh, now back in the area where I grew up, uh, they're back to those hellacious storms again. So nothing changes if you stand around long enough, the winds of change will change things, uh, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But um, So uh, looking at this thing here, you don't always hear about it because if it isn't killing people outright, left and right, uh, but there are active cases of uh, dengue fever, which is a virus spread by mosquitoes. And uh, uh, one of the hotbeds of it right now, or as of uh, late last year, 2013, uh, was uh, Miami-Dade County right around there, down there in Florida and uh, down in uh, uh, southeast uh, Texas. Uh, 
and I believe that those um, areas are still having, uh, you know, continued problems uh, with this particular um, uh, virus. So um, it, to me, is important. You know, you, uh, you had said Jen has been bitten, you know, 14, 15 times. Um, that may be all well and good, but in the right area at the right time, right mosquitoes around, uh, infected with the right stuff, uh, uh, this can be um, uh, life-threatening. Um, I uh, read an article here. I don't know if anybody else did, but um, there's a, uh, a type of tick that's come up uh, out of uh, uh, Texas. And um, uh, if you are bitten by this tick that carries this uh, particular uh, protein, um, you will go into, and you're a red meat eater, uh, and you will and consume red meat, you could possibly go into anaphylactic shock. And this would be the same as an allergic reaction, such as people who eat uh, shellfish or shouldn't eat shellfish but do by accident or whatever, um, go into the, to, uh, to the same type of a situation and could possibly kill you. So things are changing, and they're not just in Texas. <clears throat> um, the uh, tick population uh, in New York State, especially Long Island, uh, is uh, loaded with uh, deer ticks, and um, they have the problem there. Uh, one of the articles that I read, uh, a doctor there was talking about how many cases she had seen of this particular problem. So, um, uh, you know, it's, it's wise to, to take note. It's wise to do as much as one can uh, to try to keep these characters from uh, taking up and take uh, residence in your area uh, where you live and taking over uh, your neighborhood. Um, there's, there's nothing worse than having a, a, uh, a picnic and the ants and uh, the, uh, the yellow jackets show up and then as uh, dust starts to fall, uh, the mosquitoes start to come out and just ruin the whole thing, uh, what already hasn't been ruined by the mosquitoes and the ants. So uh, the... Uh, the uh, situation with, with these characters are um, the, the main one that we're talking about, and we're going to just stick with, with one here. There are approximately 2,500 different species of, of, uh, uh, of uh, mosquito. Uh, and, again, they, they serve, serve no real purpose, these guys, uh, just around to be a nuisance and spread, uh, uh, spread diseases. Um, you, know what else, else, uh, you know what else serves no purpose that I can find are fire ants. And uh, interesting story <laughs> down here in South Georgia talking to the people who lived there all their life. Back, I don't remember what decade it was or what year strain, but, but they were they would do overhead spraying. And I don't remember exactly what they were spraying, but they were doing some overhead spraying for specifically fire ants to eradicate mm -hmm. these things. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know, towards the end of the regimen of them spraying, um, they, uh, I don't know, somebody uh, became upset about whatever they were spraying and um, they, they started protesting I don't know who it was and, um, and they even had footage at, at, at maybe I don't know if it was on TV or not but at the meeting that they called to talk about this stuff that they were spraying um, and, and it was uh, at this point it was uh, whatever they mixed to make it a liquid that they were spraying grain or whatever and this guy eats it right there at the table uh, this is this is safe. This is no problem. He picks up a chunk of it and bites it and eats it and swallows it. And says, it's safe. I'll be here tomorrow. And uh, so my neighbors are telling me about that. But uh, w w with it all said and done, um, it 
they lacked, I don't know, I think you said something minute, like three or four more applications. And they said that the fire ant population in South Georgia would have been eradicated no more. And so uh, every time I get bit by a fire ant, because they're pretty rampant down here, you know, if you don't stay on top of it, every time I, in fact, yesterday or the day before I got bit, I was washing the camper, I had flip flops on. Um, and uh, every time that happens, I'm, I'm like, where is this person? <laughs> I want to slap them silly. I want to slap them right now <laughs> because of you. And uh, um, you know, I have, I have to deal with this. So, uh, but, but yeah, fire ants and, and mosquitoes. It's kind of like you know, it's oftentimes like you know, when when when, when my time is done here and I pass and and, and I and I head up to heaven and I'm sitting there at the pearly gates, I'm going to be like, really, God, fire ants, mosquitoes. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> Come on! What, what, yeah. what were you thinking? <laughs> but yeah, yeah this, uh, so that's a lot of different varieties of mosquitoes. Um, I, I had no no idea. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that something that is the size and relatively the weight of a uh, good sized grape seed uh, can cause so much havoc. Uh, that's, I think. Uh, you know what's interesting, uh, you know about it for for me, um, the the uh, the way they they spread. You know their 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 ability to to um, to adapt. Um, in other words, I don't think you can spray. Uh, and I've read um, uh, numerous papers on this over the years, and uh, um, I don't think you can spray your way out of this. Um, Certainly, you can gain some control, but um, they seem to be very hardy, uh, especially this uh, this particular one that uh, spreads uh, uh, the, the dengue fever, um, uh, the West Nile, and uh, I don't know if you've heard about the the, the new one that's out there, uh, chikungunya. Have you heard of that one? That's a uh, a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, a, that's a new virus uh, that's coming up from from the uh, Florida. From, from Cuba and Florida, okay. yeah, I think that's the one. Yes, yeah, I said so, I saw something about it, and there's already it's been detected in Florida. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, I think this. There, I think is the last thing that I saw was that it was, um, you know, uh, uh, one of those coastal islands down there off Florida. I can't yeah. remember the name of it, but at, at any rate, uh, and this thing is supposed to be really nasty. Uh, there's no, uh, uh, evidently, the pain that it inflicts uh, is. Uh, I've uh, read it as being described as bone breaking. Um, feel like every bone in your body is being broken at the same time. So it's evidently quite painful. But again, this is spread by uh, mosquitoes. And um, uh, this uh, particular one, the Aedes aegypti, um, that's spelled A-E- <coughs> A-E-D-E-S, uh, A-E-G-Y-P-T-I, uh, it's, it's a... Uh, uh, very hardy uh, species of uh, of, um, uh, of mosquito that uh, is able to adapt to the conditions at at hand. Uh, for instance, um, with most mosquitoes, we've been taught that you know they will lay their eggs in the water and everything else. These guys will lay their eggs uh, in a container, and uh, humans are their best friend because uh, humans do this um, for whatever reason. We leave things outside all the time, 
and um, when it rains, uh, we end up with these uh, buckets, pails, whatever, that have some water in them. It doesn't have to be a lot, but they don't lay their eggs necessarily in the water. They lay it at the very edge of that water, and as the water goes down, <clears throat> those eggs adhere to the side of the container, whichever container it is, and will start to develop there and will technically wait for the next storm to come along and then they start to go through their continual process and uh, takes takes about a week to ten days um, for them to go through the through the whole process and they they can take months and months and months of dry weather and being on the side of that container and then the first rainstorm that comes along or the first time you fill the bucket up and then don't use it uh, or, or whatever, or the kids fill it up and, and so on. Um, so these guys are pretty hardy. And <clears throat> even if you were to kill off all of them in your yard today, your neighbor still got them. And they may not be hatching out yet because his bucket isn't full yet. And uh, in a lot of areas it's been dry. Other areas it's been pretty wet. We've been lucky here to a degree we had a lot of wetness early in the month of July, but it's kind of dried out now. Um, but um, we have a we have a lot of drainage ditches here. They, they, um, we live out in the country, and uh, on each side of the road there's a, there's a ditch that, that holds water when it rains and, and so on, keeps the roadbed itself from flooding in most places. And, um, you know, they can live down in, in that uh, edge of that water on that uh, grass. Uh, they'll set up shop down near anywhere, and they can hang out and wait, and and just continue to wait on that on that water that they so need to to uh, uh, to finish their their life cycle. Um, so their their life cycle basically going to end up uh, being a larva, and they uh, pupate, um, which takes uh, roughly uh, about a week, and then in, in, in two two to three days. After that point in time, uh, they become a full-fledged mosquito, and um, they can lay dozens of eggs uh, um, over the course of, of, of their of their lifespan. So, um, uh, yeah, and you'll you'll know this Aedes aegypti. It's not the one uh, that generally flies around your ear and buzzes in your ear. Uh, this one is referred to as an ankle biter. Um, it will um, it will uh, come in low and and bite you in your ankle area and the calves of your legs. And uh, uh, it's a nervous um, uh, mosquito. Any flexing of your skin, it'll go off, but it'll come back. So you may be bitten by the same mosquito multiple times. Okay, you, you, you might look at yourself and you might have two or three, four bites on your leg and say, geez, where are all these mosquitoes? It can be only one, but who one who has fed on you several times because you moved your leg, you twitched, your muscle twitch, uh, or you felt something, you put your hand down there, it went away, came back after everything calmed down. So <clears throat> they are very, very nervous and, uh, um, you know, can cause you to get multiple bites uh, from, from the same uh, mosquito um, w within that period of time. So uh, what can you do uh, to, uh, to help yourself here? Um, Keep your gutters clean, which I don't always do. Um, but keep your gutters clean. Uh, any any anything in your yard, in your coop area um, that you uh, uh, have that has water in it, uh, containers without tops, uh, things of this nature. Um, 
they will set up shop and, and adhere to the wall. You won't see them because you're not looking for them. Um, and uh, the first time that water goes goes in that thing uh, and, and kind of activates those those eggs, they're going to be off to the races and they're they're going to you know raise hell in your yard. Um, and uh, it really doesn't have to be. If if you uh, have a bucket, turn it upside down. If it's got a uh, uh, a lip on the bottom of the bucket where water can accumulate, put the bucket in the shed. Um, another way you could uh, could keep them from uh, setting up shop in there is wash everything out with oxine, put it all away, put it where it can't get wet. And uh, uh, old tires, uh, old cans. Uh, uh, child's uh, swimming pool turned upside down while the inside of it's not filling up with water the top more than likely is uh, the kids come out and they jump on it and they put a crease in it and that holds water um, um, if you have trees in your yard and you can take a look at them uh, knots in trees that hold water or any uh, v shapes in trees that hold water uh, you can dry them out uh, uh, Possibly put something in it to uh, to uh, deter them from laying their eggs in there and uh, and um, hatching them out and becoming a, a pain in the neck. Um, there are uh, many chemicals that you can use. Uh, you can use DEET on yourself. Uh, you can use uh, uh, permethrin to spray. Um, anything uh, you know along those uh, uh, those lines. Um, but I highly recommend, and I do not sell, and I'm not a spokesman for, nor am I paid by these people, but um, as far as I'm concerned, the um, mosquito barrier is your best bet to protecting yourself uh, and your family and your birds uh, from mosquitoes. And um, I don't think it's very expensive. Um, uh, last time I saw uh, their product available, uh, I think you could buy it for... Uh, uh, about 30 bucks, and I don't know if they have 6 or $7 shipping and handling or whatever uh, on a one-quart bottle. Um, this product, the one-quart, uh, I remember, because I used to sell it years ago, terrific product. Uh, we do use it here. I buy it directly from the company out in California. Um, but one quart will cover an acre and a quarter. And, uh, you know, for, for 30 bucks, that's pretty cheap. I don't think you'll spray an acre and a quarter with permethrin or anything else. <clears throat> and this isn't going to do any damage. This is all natural. Um, you can put it on as many times as, as is needed. Um, the, the company has a, a real good uh, website loaded with all kinds of information. Um, I do remember that they were recommending mixing it with some uh, canola oil besides water uh, to put a sheen on top of uh, standing water that you may not have any control over. Um, and uh, the uh, the garlic, when it gets on top of the eggs, it'll smother them, and they won't they won't hatch. So there's a lot of things you can do to uh, uh, to uh, you know mitigate this problem. Even if your neighbor doesn't do it, we don't care if your neighbor does it. Be better if your neighbor did it, okay? But maybe your neighbor's not an outside guy; doesn't really care. You know, he never goes out. Kind of like me, I don't really hang out outside too much, especially when a mosquito's biting. And uh, but uh, try to keep everything around here picked up and, and so on, and, and our mosquito population here, at least on this property, is not all that bad. Um, we haven't really had to even use the mosquito barrier this year yet. But, um, you know, it's not over with. The, the uh, season will run right through uh, 
right up to almost winter. Uh, any any warm day, uh, uh, we'll, we'll bring them out of hibernation, and they'll, they'll start coming out looking for that blood meal. So there's a lot of things you can do, whether your neighbor does it or not. doesn't matter. Um, the mosquitoes do not like uh, the smell of garlic, the, the sulfur compound that, that's in the garlic, and um, they uh, have a very sensitive um, sense of smell, and they can smell it from way far away, and what they will generally do then is stay away from you and stay away from your place and hang out maybe at your neighbor who doesn't want to be cooperative and taking care of the problem. But um, So you may not be able to smell the garlic, but um, the mosquito's sense of smell is about 10,000 times more sensitive than yours. Um, so um, this would be a, a good opportunity to, to, uh, to get this all under control. Um, there are, like I said, out, active outbreaks of uh, dengue fever in this country. Uh, and I have heard of some cases of malaria, even though it's not considered at this point in time uh, a threat here. But, you know, again, whether you believe in global warming uh, or you believe in climate change, um, really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Things change, um, and um, these uh, different uh, uh, species of mosquitoes are going to migrate with these diseases to places where they have never been before. And uh, we see that every, every time, uh, generally, the, the uh, man gets involved in nature, uh, we end up making it worse than what it was before. We see a lot of these programs all around uh, introducing the wolf and, and whatever to different areas, coyotes and this and that and the other thing. Um, I um, saw some stuff here not too long ago uh, up off the coast of Massachusetts with uh, great white sharks. And um, um, the theory is that they're coming more and more up that way because there's more food now. There's a particular type of seal up that way that was uh, uh, endangered and um, that it was protected, and I think it's still protected today, and they're growing in leaps and bounds. Well, guess what? Uh, if you're hungry and you're a shark, you don't care how far north you've got to go for it as long as you get a meal when you get there. And uh, so every time we change these things around, we start seeing these kinds of problems. Um, and I thought it would be just wise to go back over it today a little bit um, like I said, you can use permethrin. Uh, there are other, um, I've seen them around. I don't know, even know what's in them. I haven't bothered to because uh, I don't have any use for them. But there are these little wafers. You can throw them into standing water. Uh, they're supposed to be all natural, too. And, and, uh, um, but they don't deter. They just kill the, uh, the larva, from what I understand. So uh, my, my experience has been with the, uh, uh, with the uh, mosquito barrier, uh, it's going to do a, a lot better job, in my opinion, um, for a, a, a very small uh, price, and um, it's uh, all natural, not going to bother anything. Uh, neighbor's not going to get mad at you for spraying some sort of chemical that might be detrimental to him. You might not like the smell in the beginning, but um, other than that, it's not going to be a big deal. Um, Andy, did you want to take a quick break? I wanted to um, talk about foul pox for just a moment. Yeah, that'll be fine, no problem. I'll get over here to the switchboard, and uh, we'll take a short break. Very interesting information, and I was saying in the chat room that uh, the largest uh, mosquitoes we've ever seen, of course, being on the road, and even in Georgia and South Georgia, where there were some uh, mosquitoes I've... Oh, my gosh, they were so big. And um, 
<laughs> Louisiana and Texas on this last road trip back in the spring. I was like, good heavens, gather the kids. They're going to be carried off. <laughs> <laughs> and they're more than likely um, a, a bigger uh, uh, species known as the tiger mosquito, uh, very aggressive. Okay, and, and they are the ones that will fly in your face and be around and, and everything else. And, and they do um, they do something odd. They come in and they, and they uh, breed with receptive uh, females, okay, of different species, which is kind of odd. And those females will then become sterile, uh, even if they're bred by males from their own species. So it's kind of an interesting thing, and that makes them move into the area and become, you know, the big deal. In the neighborhood, and uh, taking out kind of like, uh, uh, kind of like war is, uh, you know, war in the old days, uh, you know, uh, in the Scottish wars and stuff, it was you know conquer and take all, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. so this is kind of like the, the same thing only in in, in, in in you know nature. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but that's probably the one you're seeing, and they're very aggressive, uh, the tiger mosquito. They were very large. I remember that. <laughs> all right, <laughs> they're good we'll, size. We'll, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> they definitely were. Uh, all right, we're talking with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First Aid Vet Supply, talking all about mosquito control uh, around the home and the coop. And uh, we'll return with more right after this short break. Stay with us, folks. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFRadio.com. That's GQFRadio.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your Hensaver aprons today at Hensaver.com. That's Hensaver.com. Introducing the Chicken Fountain, a new way to water your flock. The Chicken Fountain will change your life and keep your chickens healthier by providing clean, fresh water every time. No more daily cleaning of dirty chicken waterers. 
this semi-sealed system keeps every drop of water fresh and clean. Proudly made in the USA, the Chicken Fountain will provide your flock with fresh, clean water for years to come. To order your Chicken Fountain, visit ChickenFountain.com. That's ChickenFountain.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. the Chicken Whisperer, here to tell you that if you have backyard poultry, nothing is more important than making sure your feathered friends are safe from infectious poultry diseases. Learn the simple steps to keep your birds healthy by visiting this website, healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. That's healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. A message from the USDA. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Our guest today, Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, joins us every Monday. Today we're talking about mosquito control in and around the home and coop. And um, uh, if you missed any of the show, if you tuned in late, uh, want to hear, uh, well, I don't know, worries, the show is archived probably about 10 minutes after we leave the air. It will be archived forever for your listening pleasure. We're approaching 950 uh, educational episodes uh, for six years of broadcasting. So you can go back and listen to something four years ago if you want to and, uh, and get educated about keeping your backyard chickens happy and healthy. I got a vent for a second. Uh, last night I got online and um, wanted to make a uh, an auto payment, make my monthly payment. So because I remember when I purchased the truck, I started getting all these emails, I'll sign up for for uh, um, e-payment, go paperless, save some trees, uh, help the environment, blah, 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 blah. And so I said, well, I can do that. I'm out, I'm on the road a lot, and they may mail me a statement, and I may never get it for six weeks because I'll be on the road. So I said, this will be good. I can pay online, whatever. And so last night I pulled out the computer and started saying, okay, I'm going to pay online. I'm 10 days early, but hey, getting ready to leave, you know, whatever. And I get on, and I start figuring out how to, you know, pay online because they really pushed you hard to do that paperless system over and over. Sign up for paperless. Save trees. And I found out that there is no way, no way to pay online either with your debit card, credit card, a bank draft from your checking account. There's no way to pay without mailing it in, without getting a what they call a convenience fee of ten ninety five. Ten ninety five, that's highway robbery. Peter, I wasn't I was like kidding me. So I was uh, chatting with the customer service. I was like, Okay, I'm gonna make sure this is correct that there is absolutely you pushed me from the time I purchased the vehicle and signed you pushed me hard to sign up for a paperless billing. I said, Well now I know the heck why because ten ninety five you're charging me 
and uh, just to pay my bill online, you say, you're out of your dang mind. So so I had to go and, and, and make sure. I said, okay, I just want to make sure that this ridiculousness is true, that the only way to pay my bill without getting charged 1095 is to mail it in. But yet for, for the first two weeks, all I did was get emails about, go paperless, go paperless. Well, now I see why. So uh, sign me off of that, that junk and just start mailing me a bill uh, every month. And uh, so I, I was really uh, hot under the collar. Then, last night when I tried to call them, it specifically said on their website, customer service open Sundays till uh, 9 p.m. Central. Okay, so I started calling them about 8.30 Central time. And I got to the office is now closed. So I had to, I had to address that say, okay, so tell me this. Uh, Y'all like just lying to people? Because on your website, it clearly stays you're open until 9 p.m. Uh, oh, and I know our hours are only until 7 p.m. Well, I guess you better fix your website now. I have zero tolerance for that. As a business owner myself, customer service, things like that, you know, and people question me. I said, look, I'm not being rude. I, I want to fix this. You know, I, it drives me nuts. I said, so let's fix this problem. So what happens to nobody else, whether I'm at, at, at a restaurant or wherever the heck I am, I'm like, look, I'm not being rude, but we need to fix this in the bud right now so it doesn't happen. We were at a restaurant about two weeks ago. And uh, Jen asked, specifically asked the waitress, does your um, uh, sweet potato casserole have nuts in it? No, ma'am. Okay. So she got it. Guess what? It had nuts in it. So she came back to the table a few minutes later, and I said, look, I'm not trying to be a butt here, but my wife could be dead on the ground right now because of your incompetence. I said, we specifically asked you if this had nuts in it, and you said no. So no, she's not allergic to nuts, thank goodness. But if she was, she could be dead right now, and it would be your fault because you said there were no nuts in it. So I'm not being a butt. I just want you to be clear that this could be deadly for somebody because you don't know that your product has nuts in it when we specifically asked and you said no. So uh, I said, you know, as, as a business owner, I just, I wanna, I'm always about making sure these things get corrected, not just complaining and walking out the door, but let's, let's correct this problem right now while I'm here so it never happens again, <laughs> and then I'll eat. So this is just nuts. I said, well, it looks like you need to get on today, right now, this second, and fix your website. And uh, so, so it shows 7 p.m. and not 9 p.m. So people are calling for two hours because you're showing you're open for good. So we need to fix that problem, correct? <laughs> it's just amazing uh, how, how that's... Uh, that works sometimes. Okay, that's my rant for the day, for today's show, Peter. But uh, it's just uh, that, that some of this stuff absolutely irritates me. So I've gotten to the point to where now if, if I come across something like that, I'm like, okay, um, I, I disagree. I'm very disappointed. This is idiotic. It's highway robbery. But let, let's fix this problem just like at the restaurant. You know, let's fix this problem so you don't have a dead patient uh, if you're in your restaurant because you said that it didn't have nuts in it. So can we fix that right now and, and, and get you educated on this and make sure it doesn't happen again? That's my biggest. Let's make sure this doesn't happen again for the next customer, and then and then we've accomplished something. So you're saying, oh, I'm sorry, no, that's that's not enough. Let's fix this problem. So you well, don't have a dead customer. I think part of the so anyway, oh, craziness out there. So um, so yeah, let's let's continue. Wanted to add some more things to to the mix here. Yeah, just briefly, um, I wanted to mention foulpox because uh, foulpox uh, is spread by mosquitoes. Um, and, um, you know, those folks that live in the areas where, you know, there are a lot of mosquitoes, uh, uh, have a lot of clients in Florida and, and Louisiana and places like that that have a lot of uh, more swampy areas uh, or just have a greater uh, bodies of water and, 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 and uh, more of a... Um, Larger, uh, larger uh, mosquito population. 
that vaccinate for uh, foulpox. I'm not telling everybody to run out and, and buy uh, pox vaccine and vaccinate. Uh, vaccination for anything is based on, on, uh, on uh, uh, the need to vaccinate, not necessarily the want to vaccinate. So um, if you have a need to vaccinate and you're worried about pox in your neighborhood or you know somebody that's had it, it might be something that you might want to take a look at. But bear in mind that mosquitoes do carry it and uh, are the main uh, uh, method of spread of of pox. Uh, Pox is a a slow-spreading virus, um, very debilitating to birds. It comes in two forms. Uh, Wet form generally shows up. under the eyelids, uh, in, in the mouth, and the nostrils, uh, very painful for the bird. Um, and in, in many, many cases, birds like that have to be end up being put down. Uh, dry pox, uh, we see it on the comb, the wattles, uh, areas of the face. It may show up on the eyelid, on the outside. Um, and in more rare cases, we'll see pox uh, in the shanks of the legs. But we generally, it's, it's uh, uh, something that's going to show up on, on the face itself. Okay. I thought I'd throw it out there. It's not a big deal. Uh, like I said, don't, everybody doesn't need to run out tomorrow and do it. The signs of pox <clears throat> looks like a mosquito bite. Uh, it's raised, turns a little bit. Uh, if it's, let's say, it's on the comb or on the waddle, it'll turn almost white, and then in a few days it'll scab up with a blackish-looking scab. Uh, eventually, the scab will fall off. It'll go away. It may or may not leave a pock mark, just like it does on humans. When you pick the scab off, um, uh, if you've uh, encountered it before, you know what it is, uh, you know, you're most likely better off to vaccinate. But vaccination, again, it's, it's based on exposure, need, uh, and not necessarily want. So while we were talking about mosquitoes, I thought I'd throw it out there that, you know, this is what it really applies to poultry uh, as uh, as well as problems with the, uh, the human viruses that it uh, that, that these mosquitoes can uh, uh, can spread. Uh, again, if you take in the necessary precautions and, and limiting the amount of um, opportunities mosquitoes have to set up shop in your yard and taking preventative measures, I think uh, uh, that'll go hand in hand with a good vaccination program in areas that warrant that. One other note before we kick this thing off here is that. Um, if you are going to use a chemical methodology for uh, controlling mosquitoes, such as permethrin spraying and, and what have you, and people do it, uh, bear in mind that um, you're not going to kill just mosquitoes. There's going to be other issues with that. Um, getting permethrin into water, especially water where fish and other wildlife may be drinking, uh, can be detrimental to those uh, uh, those uh, fish and wildlife. So keep that in mind when you're trying to make a decision. Again, I have no connection to Mosquito Barrier other than I am a happy, satisfied customer that has used it. I sold it many years ago. I stopped selling it because they're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. By the time I get it in here, the profit margin is pretty thin, so I don't have a problem recommending a product that I know works very well. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all natural. Uh, It it can't hurt a thing. Uh, In actuality, if I ha- had a problem in, uh, with, in my area with it, I would take and uh, uh, take some of that, put a rubber glove on, and I would uh, put some in my hand, and I would rub it over the top of the comb and the wattles and, and so on on the head of the bird in an attempt to keep the mosquitoes off. I wouldn't load them down with it, but I would just 
put a little bit on on the top of the head uh, to try to keep the mosquitoes off the bird directly. Because they're, they're the places where they're going to most likely bite them is in the comb and the waddles and the facial area, eyelids and stuff like that. So that's uh, a question in the chat room. Peter uh, says, uh, can the birds spread it to each other or just mosquitoes spread it? They can spread it to each other. Um, when a bird has an active case of it, and it takes a break in the skin, and we see this when uh, birds are penned up or running around on the yard, and they get in a little peck fight on the yard, and somebody gets injured, uh, it's not uncommon uh, for that bird. If the bird that uh, uh, did the damage and what have you is um, is carrying the virus, um, Many times what happens is that mosquitoes may be around, just haven't bitten the bird, but now the blood is evident and it's, it's there, it's an open wound, but it must enter through an open wound. And that's the, the um, such as these mosquito bites. Uh, for the very same reason that this vaccine cannot be given orally, cannot be given in the eye, cannot be given uh, in the drinking water, uh, it has to be given by what we call a wing web stab. Now this is a little plastic handle stabber. It's maybe two and a half inches long. The needle's on the end, maybe another half inch or so. Uh, there's two um, plated needles uh, on the ends that have an indentation on one side of each needle. And as you dip that into the vaccine bottle after the vaccine has been mixed, um, those two little indentations will hold your perfect dose. And then you'll take that stabber and you'll pull some feathers from the underside of what we call the wing web. That's a little triangular piece on the trailing edge of the wing under it. It's usually got downy feathers in it or, or light feathers. You'll pull out <clears throat> some equal to the size of a nickel, and you'll take that stabber, and in one fell swoop, you'll push it up through that tissue, uh, skin rather, no tissue, just the skin, until the plastic piece bottoms out on the skin. You pull it back out, and you're done. Um, do not do your bird a disservice if you do this by holding the, the stabber there and gently trying to gently push it through the skin. Uh, that is very painful, and your bird will let you know it. Um, when you do it real quick, they'll squawk once, and that's the end of it. But if you try to push it through, they're going to flap their wings and, 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 and let you know that you're really uh, hurting them. So it's, it's got to be a real quick thing. It's just a, and all they'll really feel is a, is a, is a real like a pinprick. But you do it the other way around, and it, and it is painful and, because it can take a little bit for that to go through. So, And bear in mind, if you're using those um, little stabbers, those suckers are sharp. If you stick yourself in the finger, you'll know you've been stuck. <laughs> so just be careful with them. But, uh, <laughs> Sounds like a, a personal experience there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've done it a couple of times. Yep, yep, <laughs> a time or two. But uh you, you, after you after you do it the first time, you'll you'll become uh, a little bit more astute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one time all it takes. Normally, yes, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and if you don't do it for a while, you kind of forget, and you get the thing out of the out of the container that comes in, and and you're in a hurry, and you pick it up, and first thing you know, you picked up the wrong end, and you've got two little holes bleeding out of the end of your finger, and and. Uh, yeah. And they can be just painful that way, even after they, they even after the bleeding stops. It, I, I guess it's just the way it is. And uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, done it lots of times. Yeah, but it's always a yeah, it's always a good reminder when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I guess uh, well, we're um, we're uh, actively and really uh, planning uh, our, our return trip, and um, it, it'll be 
I'm not um, holding out per se for the uh, the TV folks to uh, uh, to get on the ball and do anything for for that those two weeks. So um, we'll be heading out, like I said, Bangor, Maine, on um, September 14th is our very last event, and then we were going to take a couple of weeks to try to meander on home. Uh, but I told them that if they're going to do something, they need to do something. You know, right after the 14th, while I'm up there around the New York and Hamptons area and all that, and so we'll see if they are successful with getting everything together to choose a sizzle. If not, then however long it takes to, you know, I guess a couple of three days to kind of lug a stop and see the Statue of Liberty and things like that on the way back. But uh, within definitely within a week uh, of notice, but uh, I'll let you and uh, uh, Bridget know when I'm coming down the peninsula there, and uh, it, we're uh, looking forward to the. the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. I think that would be really cool and a good experience. I think Caleb would like it, too. Like, look, we're on top of the water. No, now we're below the water. Nope, now we're on top of the water. <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty cool. And then um, even if you don't eat lunch uh, or dinner, you stop at the restaurant and go to the bathroom or go in the gift shop and whatever, just get a souvenir or just walk through the place and get back in your vehicle and go, you are out in the middle of Chesapeake Bay. That's pretty neat. And you're not that on a boat. pretty cool. You know, and uh, but it's yeah. been around for a long time. It's not something that you know, the, you know, they just decided. Uh, you know, the the new roadway. I can't remember the, the second roadway because uh, it used to be um, just a two lane roadway. You know, one coming at each other through the tunnels and out over the over the water. And then uh, some years back, uh, they they put a whole other roadway in, and and that was all done. Uh, believe it or not, um, and you can stop and read the story at the um, at the. Uh, uh, the restaurant out there in the middle, but um, all of the pilings for the, uh, uh, the the roadbed were all put in by using GPS, and they are, uh, I can't remember the accuracy rate they had, but it was phenomenal um, because each one had to be put, you know, as as uh, accurately as possible. And they, they uh, you know, they're out on a barge, and they get over where they, the GPS says they're supposed to be, and they drop this thing into the ground and start pounding it and whatever. Uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. It is pretty good. So um, uh, hopefully it's not leaking when we uh, uh, go through. <laughs> no, it's it's been you know over the years the, um, uh, the 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 tunnels have never had an incident to my knowledge. Uh, the roadbed's been knocked down a couple of times, or not totally knocked down, but you know um, damaged to where uh, one of the roadbeds had to be closed for a while and that kind of thing. And I think that's part of of uh, what uh, originally. Uh, Plus the traffic, you know, and, and the, it, as the traffic increased on there, the, um, uh, you know, the accident rate, I'm sure, went up because, you, you know, it's more, two lanes, one opposing the other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got cars and trucks and campers and trailers and this and that and everything else and motorcycles and, and so on, you know, and uh, as you well know, everybody's driving skills are not quite the same as the next guy. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, they, they you see that all, all, all across the country, and uh, it mm-hmm. amazes me. I just I just don't get it, even before we upgraded vehicles. And it, I don't even know the trailers back there now with this big hoss, but, I mean, I still watch my speed. And I'll see people pass me hauling fifth wheels and, and um, travel trailers and even these big motorhomes. They're just, I mean, 75 miles an hour towing this 80 miles an hour passing me. I'm going 60. 65 tops, but normally I can try to keep it around 60. Um, and uh, they'll pass me like I'm going backward, and I'm like, just asking for it. And in fact, tra- camper t- trailer t- fifth wheel tires, the, t- 
they're rated for, I think, I want to say 60 or 65. That's top. That's what they're rated for. And yeah. people complain, I had a blowout and I did 8,000 damage to my camper because it slung the tread up around that fiberglass. And, well, you shouldn't have been going 75 miles an hour, dude. Well, you know, um, it's all good till something happens. All yeah. good until something happens, yeah. yeah. And then lately on the RV forums, I've seen uh, uh, countless, just this last week, uh, they're in the median upside down or over on the side or, or whatever. And, and what's scary is um, one of them claimed that he had a, a, a blowout on his tow vehicle, and that made him actually lose control. And I don't know how fast he, he was going for, you know. But um, and that, that's the scary thing, to have a, have a blowout while you're towing. But, I, you know, it's... A lot of these folks, man, they either push the limit, and uh, and I'll admit, I was I raised my hand for the last 18 months. I was pushing the limit with our tow vehicle and our our camper, um, but it was uh, I never thought it was so unsafe that I wouldn't you know take my family along. I just you know I knew I was right. a borderline, so now it's not not an issue. But some of these guys, it's just uh, it's it's crazy what they're hauling with and, and what they're hauling and and. Uh, it's, uh, it's like, you know, just about anything will pull anything. I mean, you can hook up probably a Yugo to a 747 and actually pull it. It's stopping that's going to be the problem you're going to run into, and you've got to stop, you know, 16,000 pounds. It's basically hitched to your bumper, and you've got a, you know, whatever, a 6,000-pound truck that's trying to stop 16,000 pounds behind you. That's where the problem comes into play. Uh, I mean, you can pull it, it's not, you know, good luck. That's crazy, but I'm looking forward to getting up there and uh, and seeing you and uh, Dr. McRae and coming down. Sounds like a real scenic ride, and we're looking forward to it. But I'll, like I said, I'll get with you in at least a week before when it looks like we'll be uh, coming down in that area, and um, I'll be looking forward to seeing you. So thanks for coming on today. Great topic, great timely topic. Sure. i got to go outside and, and, and finish. got one seven days to get everything on my list ready to be on the road for six weeks. So I'm sure I'll have the, the, the mosquito bites uh, to show for it when I come back in this evening. So... Yuck. And um, thanks for coming on, and we'll see you next Monday. Okay. My pleasure. All right. Thank you. All right. That's Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor. Hey, visit him online at firststatevetsupply.com. They don't have it. You don't need it. I'm telling you, firststatevetsupply.com. And I appreciate you tuning in. And uh, I've got a, I'm trying to either tomorrow or Wednesday, there's another legal battle going on with some backyard chickens and a family that has a, uh, a son that's got, um, uh, uh, what is it, um, hang on, let me think of that, and their son has, um, uh, oh my goodness, and it was one in Florida, and the case where they had, it wasn't Asperger's, it was, um, wasn't Tourette's, oh my goodness. Um, anyway, and so they're they're um, they have the chickens to help the boy and his his development skills and things like that. Autism, that's what it is. Thank you, Christmas chick, in the chat room. And uh, so so there's another battle going on right now. I'm not sure where, but I heard from uh, JJ's parents uh, who were on the show and they were going through their legal battle in Florida about that and the autism and they were wanting to take the chickens and and they ended up getting an attorney and went through the uh, Disability Rights Act and things like that, and so they obviously got to keep their chickens. So uh, they may be on the radio tomorrow or Wednesday. I'm just waiting to hear back from them. So uh, I will keep you uh, up to date on our Facebook page. But uh, until then, I thir- this Thursday, uh, it looks like we've got um, Richard Frubenberger, publisher of Back Home Magazine, that's going to be here. 
and uh, that'll be this Thursday. So uh, I'll keep just just check us on Facebook, and I'll let you know what what shows this week or what they're going to be all about. And uh, appreciate you tuning in today, and uh, we'll talk to you later in the week. Visit us online, Chicken Whisperer. Com. Sign up for Chicken Whisperer Magazine. The digital edition is free. Sign up today. Alrighty, thanks for tuning in. God bless everybody. Uh-huh.